All right, continuing our talk on Karl Marx, and now we're going to talk about Karl Marx and the end of the world. So, what does the Bible say is going to happen at the end of the world, on the last day? Anyone know? He will return bodily, Jesus. What will happen to the dead Christians? They will be raised up. What will happen to the whole world? There will be judgment, that's right. Separation of the sheep from the goats, that's right. Death will be defeated. All that's going to happen, the Bible says, after he puts all of his enemies under his feet. He will put all of it. He must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be defeated is death, and then the end shall come. So that's what the Bible talks about as far as the end of time. There are Christians that believe that at some point in the future there will be a great tribulation, and the Antichrist will rise, and we'll all be, and none of that is true. Um, Sorry, none of that is true. Um, Christ will reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The great tribulation happened already, Matthew 24. And um, the Antichrist is never even a phrase in the Bible. It never says the Antichrist. It talks about the Antichrist. It talks about a Antichrist who's already in the world. You can see the letters of John for that. Um, So anyway, this is not a class on eschatology, but Lutheranism and pietism, that which Marx held to, the idea that the, the Bible is not for all of life, but for the spiritual side of life, for the churchy side of life, it tends to obsess in an, in an unhealthy way about the end of the world. All right? I mean, think about it. If, if the Bible and your religion doesn't have a direct effect on most of your life, what are you going to be tempted to, to zero in on, to obsess about? The end of this life, the end of this world. You know, modern day pietists teach that we're all going to be raptured out of here right before the world all goes to hell in a handbasket and burns to death. You know, they say the earth is the world and history is like a Titanic. It's just going down, down, and we shouldn't spend time polishing brass on a sinking ship. That's not what the Bible teaches about the history of the world, Right? But that is kind of what a pietistic worldview teaches, that this world is bad, it's, it's going to hell in a handbasket, but we have spiritual salvation and we have a lot of good things spiritually. And that usually goes hand in hand with an inordinate obsession with the end times. Now, in, um, in Marx's end times views, he believed that the end time would be apocalyptic. A lot of people believe that today, that the end of the world is going to be bang and burning and apocalypse and, and it's through that that everything's going to be, finally become good, that until then everything's going to burn and go downhill. So, but eventually Marx um, left his obsession with end times and left his Lutheranism and became a humanist. But guess what he held on to? His obsession with the last days. That's right. BC now he had a new vision for the world. The world would become better in the end. Remember, he's a utopian, right? There would be peace and justice for all. But who can remember the mechanism through which there would be peace and justice for all? What was the mechanism? What would, be, what would come first before paradise restored? Uh, utopia? I before mean, utopia? How do we get to utopia? State? Through the government, yes. But through what? The chaos of war. Revolution. That's right. It's through the struggle. 
that mankind will evolve into his ultimate state and reach his full potential. Now, does that sound familiar to you? It's through the struggle, it's through the pain, it's through the revolution, through a great apocalypse that the world would finally enter into its paradise state. He believed that was inevitable. He believed in societal evolution. But doesn't that sound like Charles Darwin to you a little bit? What did Charles Darwin teach? Evolution. Evolution, yes, but how do the species evolve? It's through struggle. It's through the struggle. Survival of the fittest. Jungle of the law of the jungle. Animals tearing and clawing and fighting. And the fish struggling up out of the pond. Or the amoeba struggling up out of the ooze to become the superman. That's Nietzsche who would come a little later. Another evolutionary humanistic worldview thinker. But... Karl Marx is evolutionary. He sees the world almost like the sludge, the amoeba in the sludge that needs to fight and struggle and survive through chaos and through revolution. And finally, ta-da, paradise. You know, of course, it's all through chance. You understand it's through chance because there's no God. It's not through fate even. There's no God at all. It's not, certainly not through providence, but it's through chance and apocalyptic struggle. That's how he is. But here's the thing. This is what I want you to think about real carefully. If you are spreading a pamphlet all over Europe that promises hope and freedom and change and justice through revolution, of course, (laughs) mankind loves revolution, right? Mankind hates authority. Mankind is revolutionary. And, but you're giving them the vision of this glorious future. Meanwhile, they're impoverished. They're oppressed. Life is difficult, right? There's plagues and economic instability and war, right? I mean, you can see how that's just going to fit hand in glove. And that's really what happened. The youth of the West... They just ate this stuff up. They ate it up. They loved his vision of a glorious future. But do you think, do you see the, um, the, do you see the church today though in America presenting a glorious vision for the future and capturing the hearts of the youth? No, what is one of our famous songs that we sing? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Right? Y'all know, you've heard that song? It's a bunch of people. My hope is, and my treasure is somewhere out there beyond the blue. Out there. Or how about this one? Uh, I, I don't want to sing it right now, but it's the most famous gospel song of all times. I'll fly away. Mm-hmm. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. When's the hope? After life. On the other side of death. And our, and our salvation involves flying away. But you see what Karl Marx is saying is, no, there is a salvation for the planet, for society. That's enticing, isn't it? Which one would you like? Hope for humanity. Hope for the world. 
Hope for the flowering of society and justice and peace reigning over all the earth. Or it's all going to burn. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. And the only hope we have is to fly out of here or die. Now, which one really stirs up college students, you know, people who are wanting to make a difference? You can see that there's no competition here. Yeah. It, one group is curled up in the corner, biting their nails, waiting for Jesus to beam them up out of here. And the other one is getting down to business, making things happen and taking over the world. You see the problem here. The church is still in this same problem. And that's why Marxism still has a voice. Our gospel is way better than Karl Marx's gospel of revolution, not to, me, not to mention the fact that we've seen how it works. It doesn't go well, okay? The church could offer a vision for the future that's presented in the Bible. Um, Jesus ruling and reigning until he puts all his enemies under his feet. Jesus reconciling all things unto himself. Behold, Jesus says, I am, I am currently making all things new. Right. Psalm 2 says, Beware you kings and rulers of the earth. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you and you perish in his wrath. The Bible says the government of the world is placed on the shoulders of Jesus and he rules over the world with a rod of iron and the sword which comes from his mouth. Now, if Jesus is ruling over the world as the second Adam who will fulfill the dominion mandate, will he win? Will he subdue the earth? Yes. Yes. And he says to his disciples, Go and make disciples of the nations, the nations baptizing them. And teaching them to observe all that he commanded. That's his law. Showing them how to live. You see, when Jesus gave us the Great Commission, did he then say at the end, uh, but don't plan on succeeding. Plan on failing. And then at the very end of time, with a small, tiny little band of Christians, I'll finally beam you up out of here and burn the whole world. No, that's not what he said. He said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. And all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. It's a triumphal procession. As Paul says, Jesus leads him and leads all of us to every city we go to in triumphal procession. See, the, the Bible has a vision for the future. And it's glorious. And it's amazing. There's going to be justice. There's going to be peace. There's going to be evildoers cast out and their, and their wealth redistributed to the righteous. The meek shall inherit heaven. Is that what it says? No, the meek shall inherit the earth. Thy kingdom go. No, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that going to happen? Will that prayer be answered? Yes, yes. And that's what I like to call around here victory in history. That's a little phrase I have for it. Victory in history. But it is what the Bible teaches about the future. There's hope, there's passion, and you know what? Young people love that. Young people love that. They're like, okay, so I can go to work and I can I can participate in this in this this plan for the universe? Yeah. I can raise a family and I can participate in this plan. I can do justice and do good in this world, and my labors aren't gonna be in vain. Yes. All of my life has meaning and purpose. <laughs> For this kingdom mission? Yes, all of it. See, that's a rejection of Lutheran pietism and a lot of other types of pietism in our world today. And it's a belief that Jesus Christ is, by the gospel and through the Holy Spirit, reconstructing all things according to his law. And that's what the church needs, to beat communism. And until we get that, 
communists, Marxists, neo-Marxists, cultural Marxists, all the various forms of them will continue to put a spanking on us, to beat us up, to steal our children, and to exercise dominion over the land. But if we could capture this gospel promise, you know, maybe we could get somewhere, right? We could show them how to build a just society and how to restore paradise. We could show them that what Karl Marx is really dreaming of is something that Jesus promised. Repent and believe. All right, that's it for today.